0: If you have your Bible this morning, I invite you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. We're going to begin at verse 11. That's our reading for today. And we're looking for stamina. Stamina, keeping our eyes on Jesus because discipleship to him is a marathon, right? And not a sprint. So it's not about working up some sort of religious fervor to get us through a moment or get us out of a pinch. Although we need that from time to time, we're looking at a certain type of conditioning to make us into a certain type of people. That's what Paul was after as he wrote to the Colossian church. It began with a wish, don't we wish for one another? Maybe we're not that skilled in prayer, still seems weird to us talking to someone that we can't see, but we have hopes and desires and wishes for the people that we love. It's kind of a wish that Paul begins with, verse 11, may you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. Isn't that what we're looking for in our lives, a power that is greater than ourselves? Power that's capable of carrying us through what we have been able to do on our own. Paul prays for power. Wouldn't you like some power? Couldn't we use some spiritual power? I hope for your sake that you've come to the end of yourself at some point in your life. That the bottom has fallen out. Not that that's any fun, right? We've been there. We know what it's like. But it's in those moments that we come to terms with our humanity and recognize that we fall short of what we need in order to really make life happen. And it's in those moments that Paul's wish works its way into our life. He wants us to be strong with a strength that comes from the power of God. That we would be higher powered, fueled by something Someone greater than ourselves. That's verse 11. And that's Paul's first wish. Wouldn't you like to be stronger than you are? I would. And as your pastor, I'd like for you to be stronger than you are. I'd like to see you develop muscles that you haven't yet developed. That's what we're all looking for. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience, also verse 11, while joyfully giving thanks to the Father. That's a mouthful. I want you to be strong with a strength that comes from a power outside of you. And I want you to gain the capacity to endure with patience whatever comes your way. That's what we looked at last week from Luke's Gospel. No matter what we experience in life. And it's going to be difficult, Right? It's not always going to be roses. It hasn't been roses so far. Why would it become roses? Why would it be easy? Sometimes life blows you a kiss. Sometimes you're just kind of carried along and things are wonderful. But other times we get a little bit stuck. And it's in those times that we need this character quality of endurance, stamina, staying power to carry us through so that we don't fall off. We don't get derailed. We don't get lost along the way. Paul is wishing and wanting for the church at Colossae to experience this strength of character. I want you to be stronger than you are. I want you to have more endurance than you have. And I want you to be able to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father. Timely. You guys do that awkward thing around the table at Thanksgiving? Nobody can eat. Don't touch those cranberries. Everybody's got to go and say what they're thankful for, right? Man, I hated that when I was a kid. Can we just eat already? Right? And let the conversation around the table be gratitude. Don't make me wait for the food. But Paul wants us to endure with patience while Joyfully giving thanks to the Father. You read through verse 11 and 12, it kind of sounds like unfamiliar territory, doesn't it? it? Kind of sounds like superhuman stuff. That's precisely the point. It's not that we have the capacity within us and it's just lying dormant waiting to come out, it's that we in ourselves lack the capacity. To be strong, to endure with patience, we need some outside assistance. We need to call it in. We don't have it. We lack it. So that's kind of the first step, understanding that we don't have the capacity. And that forms for us a foundation upon which we can build this type of character that Paul is wishing for us that we are wishing for one another, strength, endurance, patience, gratitude. Give me some of that, right? Can you get that on Amazon? Delivered to your house next day? Two days. (laughs) Or if it's coming from China like a week, right? Ten days. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who's enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He's rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Here is our first indication that help is on the way and it comes to us in the form of the person of Jesus Christ. For the believer, God has taken you from a dark place, from a place of isolation, from a place of desperation. From a place without hope, God has literally picked you up and transferred you to another place, into the kingdom of Christ where the rules are different. King Jesus has a different sort of rain, But therein lies the source of strength, endurance, patience, and gratitude. It comes to us in the person of Jesus. Amen. So like Pam said, Jesus is kind of a big deal, right? All this talk about Jesus, why? There's so many wise spiritual teachers who help us tap into the supernatural, who say things that are true and accurate, who make observation, who have learned through the disciplines of life to hear and to see. Jesus doesn't teach us, Jesus is. I want you to think about that for a moment. Verse 15 says he is the image of the invisible God. Which is uh, good news for us, right? Because God is invisible. You cannot see God, touch, smell, hear. God can't be experienced with the senses. Jesus represents or mirrors God to us. And it's through Jesus that we experience God the Father. So Paul's writing to people that not that long ago had experienced the personal presence of Jesus. And if the folks in the church at Colisee hadn't actually visually seen him, they'd heard all about him, Jesus, Jesus this great teacher, this one who claims to bring a kingdom with new strength, new hope, and all of that. Paul said, remember that guy. That guy came and he mirrored the Father to us. So what you and I have, generation after generation after generation after generation, removed from that immediate situation, is the record in the New Testament the Gospels according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the New Testament letters that reflect to us the person, the character, the attributes of Jesus, not such a visible thing anymore, a little bit more metaphysical, a little bit harder to grasp, a little bit more intangible, but if we're patient, if we're patient, it's so worth the wait. Who is Jesus? It's an amazing question that people throughout history have asked and answered, who is Jesus? Paul says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, or powers, all things have been created through him And for him, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What we have here is a very dense statement of theological truth about who the person of Jesus is. Paul relates for us the supremacy of Christ, His supremacy in creation. He is first place in everything. He is before all things. It's hard for us to grasp, really. John the Gospel writer gave us a little help as he began his Gospel. He said it like this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And then in verse 14 of John 1, he says this word, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and we have beheld his glory. The glory as of the father's only son. Jesus came in time and place and he mirrored the image of God. To know Jesus was to know God. This is what Christians have struggled for centuries to define. The Nicene Creed of uh, 325 A.D., our fathers in the faith gathered around, put together this statement about Jesus. The only begotten Son of God Begotten of the Father before all worlds. God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made. It challenges our sensibilities, I know. It's not great math, right? The Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, One. Huh? Yeah. That's what we believe. Why do we believe that? It's crazy. We believe that on the record of the New Testament, which we believe to be the inspired Word of God. And it brings to us this person, a a man, a dark-skinned man, who lived in time and place, who walked and had calluses on his feet, calluses on his hands, worked for a living, experienced in his body indigestion when he ate too much Thanksgiving dinner. Jesus, exactly like us, was thirsty, had body odor when he sweated. Jesus fully human, fully man, but at the same time, fully God, existing from all eternity. The Spirit of Christ always was, always is hovered with the Spirit of God over the waters before creation, before anything was. Jesus was. Jesus is. Therefore, he's able to become for us what we need him to be in order to experience what Paul wished for the church. Strength, endurance, patience, and gratitude. Jesus modeled this for us. Demonstrated it in his life. The writer of Hebrews said he was like us in every way, yet without sin. Jesus interacting with people, choosing compassion over self. Choosing gratitude over complaining. Choosing healing over suffering. Speaking words of kindness, of goodness, of compassion. Everything that's beautiful, Jesus represents to us. He is the divine spirit. And as we tap into that, as we live our lives in him, increasingly we experience that in our lives. I'm not batting a thousand. And don't suppose any of you are either. That's because we're human. And we have faults and failings. But don't walk away from the source when you struggle. Because the struggle sometimes becomes the way that we tap into the source of our strength. Somebody sent me that this week. Give me a moment. I'll find it. Doo-doo. I am thankful for my struggle because without it, I wouldn't have stumbled across my strength. All right? That's perspective. And that's what Jesus longs to become for us. Jesus Christ, Paul writes, is supreme in creation. He is supreme in the church. Verse 18, He, Christ, is the head of the body, the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. Firstborn from the dead, in that he was first in time and place to experience resurrection from the dead. If the trinity and the dual humanity and deity of Jesus Christ hasn't baffled you, let's talk about the resurrection and dead people coming to life. We're just gonna dump it all out today. Christian theology, this is what we believe. Jesus Christ was murdered, crucified, three days dead. The Spirit of God raised him from the dead, he was the firstborn from the dead, first to experience resurrection, first and that all of us will one day experience resurrection. Jesus Christ is crucified, he is buried, he is risen, and we believe he is coming again. All right? Yes, amen. Amen. Sister Cora's with me, two or three of you. All right, preach, preach. Y'all <laughs> oh, so quiet. He's supreme in creation. He's supreme in the church, and guess what? He is enough. He is sufficient. He's sufficient in his person, verse 19 in him. All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Jesus is enough. Jesus doesn't give us glimmers and glimpses of God because He is God. All that God is is contained within the person of Christ. Why aren't we more familiar with the Gospels? Why don't we read them more to know more? Who Jesus is, what it was like to experience him in our lives. He's sufficient in his person. God is with us. Emmanuel, next Sunday is Advent, right? We begin counting down to Christmas. Why? In anticipation of God with us. Emmanuel. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Christ is sufficient for us your struggle. Amen. Amen. Yes. You are not alone. Help is on the way. Sufficient in his person and sufficient in his work, verse 20, through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. Everything that ails us, everything that represents a part of fallen humanity and the chaos and the mess of our lives and our world and the straws in the ocean, everything is reconciled through Christ. Who made this place. Who made us. Who redeemed us. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Christ is supreme. Christ is sufficient. So that's what I want for you. Strength, endurance, patience, and gratitude. And it comes in the person of Jesus Christ. Let's take a little time. Saddle up beside him and learn. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Come, all you who are struggling, stammering, falling short, come and learn from me. That's what it means to be a disciple. And spoiler alert, it takes a lifetime. And spoiler alert, we never get there until we arrive home. Let's enjoy the journey. It's beautiful, amazing. I love it more than I did yesterday. And it's my pleasure to pray for you. Join me, God. Help us. to make an honest assessment of where we are and what we need and to run, 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 run to the cross. Christ, we need you. We've heard that you're sufficient. We've heard that you're supreme. We want to experience your sufficiency and your supremacy in our lives. We want to find our rest in you. Exchange our struggle and our willpower and our good intentions for your amazing power in our lives. May it be in this place, God, that you visit us. Strengthen us to serve you. In Christ we pray. Amen.